Welcome to Energetic Radio. I am your host, Dale Sybottom. Join me each week as I bring you amazing guests and interviews from some of the world's best operators. They will teach us how to bring fun, energy, and joy into each and every day. Let's get stuck in. Welcome to episode number 98 of the podcast, and today I have an absolute treat for you. I've got Joel Buzade all the way from Wellington, who runs an amazing company called Life by Design. Now, Joel is a personal growth coach. He is a keynote speaker. He trains high elite companies in team culture and so forth like that. He owns his own CrossFit gym. He's a lifestyle entrepreneur, and he is seriously on a mission to help people improve their lives. Now, we talk about a number of different things today. Uh, A lot of it is about public speaking. It's about finding your purpose finding your core values in life, daily routines, and really just all above all, how you can dominate life and get the most out of each and every day. Now, um, Joel and myself could have kept speaking for hours, and I, I think you'll really appreciate how the conversation just flow and Joel's energy. Uh, it was a real pleasure to have him on the show, and I know everybody will take a lot away from today's episode. A huge warm welcome to Joel on the other side of the ditch. How are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good, Dale. Thanks for having me. My pleasure, mate. Now, you're joining us from Wellington. Is it, uh, now, I ask Carl this a lot when I have him on my podcast. I'm with him. Is it windy today? Mate, it's actually not too bad, though for an Australian, if you were here, you'd probably say it's bloody windy. (laughs) (laughs) I've never been so scared in my life as flying into Wellington one day, mate. I thought the plane was going to do a full flip. (laughs) <laughs> Mate, honestly, if you've got any like spare time on YouTube, check out the uh, most horrific landings Wellington Airport. <laughs> it's quite entertaining. I, that's something I just don't think I'd ever want to watch. I already get scared <laughs> enough. Like, <mate. laughs> um, now, for my listeners out there that haven't heard about you, Joe, you are dominating life, and I've given a really nice little rundown of your career and everything you're doing, but recently you've run a big program called Life by Design. Do you want to explain what that is and we can really dive into that today yeah cool man i um just on the surface there so it's a two-day event that i run once a year and this year it was in wellington in previous years we've we've gone away from where i live my hometown and sort of like you know hired a house in a, in a beautiful setting uh in a kiwi the year before and um basically we give people the tools to start to make an inquiry into their ideal best life um, and in doing so really start to be the architect for a life by design. Mate, I, I love that mission. And um, So let, let's break it down a little bit. So who are the people that come to this? Is this uh, professionals? Is it athletes? Like, is it selected to anybody? Yeah, it's a really good question, actually. Um, I think, like, m- the types of people that typically come to this are people that um, they're already interested in their own development. Like they've probably got, you know, half a dozen, a dozen, two dozen personal development books. Yep. They're doing really well and they uh, are looking for the next step. You know, how do I level up? How do I go from being pretty good or average in a couple of areas and great in a few more areas to really starting to like hone what it means to be the fullest version of myself? So that's not everyone, right? Like, 
some people are just hanging on. Some people like just getting by. Some people need therapeutic help, and it's not it's not so much for that kind of category of people, I guess, but more for those people that really believe in that idea that you know if it's going to be, yep, it's up to me. Yeah, mate, I, I love that, and I think those people are the ones that uh, that are trying to level up. And I love that you level up the gamification sort of model there, mate. I, I think everyone can relate to that. So, talk mm. us through a little bit of the two day weekend. So, obviously, it's not just all learning and practical side of things. What? How do you break it up? So, I'm sure you're trying to provide a massive experience for people as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, my my background, Dale, is um, I spent 14 years standing on stages speaking in front of people and anyone that knows uh, much about speaking you know like there's a real craft to it and it's very seldom that you see someone speak that is compelling and does the job justice and I've committed you know the better part of half my life to trying to do that really well so when you talk about experience my main job while we're in the room for two days is to take people on an experience and I do that through things that everyone would be familiar with like it's the way you ask questions and and how you you pause and when you integrate music and so the participant is um is really on a on a journey and it's it's not information based it's it's transformation based and that's a lot about timing um it's a lot about the specifics the little details so that's kind of like the overarching experience but more specific to what you might expect from a content perspective like on day one we we run uh for half a day a module called discover your purpose which is kind of like the big dog this is like you know it's like if you're learning to surf it's like how do you go from you know paddling to actually standing up like it's the most uh high value um, work that I can do with someone to help them get in the driver's seat of their life. Once someone has got clear about their purpose, everything else distills in their life. Yeah, I love that. And I think uh, there's so many people out there that are not sure of their purpose. So to get that clear day one. Now, I love that. I want to come back to the structure of the day. But one of the things you mentioned is public speaking. I get asked this quite a lot. How do you do it? How do you get better about it? What are, what are some tips for people that want to become a public speaker or they want to just get better at running a meeting or have more confidence in front of a small group of their peers? Yeah, man, that's such a good question. And and um, on my vision board, well, one of the things that I'm doing over the next sort of 24 months is building out an online program to answer that question exactly. Wow. But just in the in the context of this, this catch-up, um, I think the biggest, like number one fear in the world is fear of rejection, right? So people are worried about what other people think of them. And then you've got those group of entrepreneurs or people that just don't give a shit and they're just like, I don't care what other people think. But when people get on stage, it doesn't matter whether you're an entrepreneur or you're, you know, you make $20 million a year or $20,000 a year or nothing. Um, we all in some way get a little bit nervous, scared, worried or anxious. And so What's going on there is there's a fear of being judged. There's a fear of coming across not uh, capable or competent in the very thing that we're actually all pretty bloody capable of, which is talking, right? Yeah, of course. Um, so so, so the, the one thing that I'd say is you've got to get clear about, one, what's the fear and is it perceived or is it real? 
you know, and that's that's just a journaling exercise. Like, why am I getting nervous when I speak up in front of four or five of my mates in a small circle? Why, when I'm briefing this meeting, do I get nervous or scared? And, and, and really ask yourself that question and, and don't be afraid of the answer because once we're often, as, you, as you'll be well aware of, once we're aware of something, then we can start to facilitate the change, whether it's skill development or it's, you know, confronting that fear. But that's generally why people freeze up, get nervous, have blanks, you know, that sort of stuff. And I think the fear of failure or everything like that, the, the perceived perspective of what people think of you, it's normally in between your two ears. And do you find that's the biggest issue people have, pushing the boundaries that feeling they're good enough to actually be doing what they're doing? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's um, there's so many capable speakers out there that could really kick some serious butt on the speaking circuit. But you're right. Like, I think a lot of them are held back by, first and foremost, the fear. Um, and I think that's probably, like, most of the population. But then there is an argument as well, Dale, for, like, you know, if you put me in front of a room of 100 people, like, I would imagine that, you know, eight or more would be um, really engaged by what it is that I have to say. And I don't even know what I'm going to say because of the, the honing of the skill. It's like anything, right? Whereas you could have someone that's lost the fear, but they're actually still a chief speaker. So there's that whole, you know, you've got to earn your stripes, you've got to learn your craft and know exactly what it is your audience. Yeah, I think, yeah, very good. And again, that comes down to obviously knowing your audience, like you've just mentioned, so crucial, Joel. Now, do you believe in storytelling, mate? Are you a big storyteller when you're public speaking? Yeah, yeah, I think, um, what, and this, any, any, do you have speakers in your audience, Dale? Uh, sometimes, mate. Like, a lot of, a lot yep. of the people I speak to are teachers or um, corporates or things like that, and um, they, they do speak. They probably don't do exactly what, myself and you're doing Joel but um, in, in their own right everyone speaks it's just a matter of who that audience is I reckon yeah absolutely yeah, yeah I, I agree with that actually so I do use story and I use it uh, at specific times and on a chemical level the reason why uh, listeners should consider using story and there's you know you Google this to the cows come home I mean yeah. um, storytelling wins all the time but when you start to tell someone a story they, they start to, as we do with our human brains, we start to anticipate the ending. And the better the storyteller, story excuse me, um, the, the more you're like, oh, shit, which way is it going to go? And what that does is it creates a chemical release in the body. Um, we, we have dopamine release into the system. And now people are super engaged in what you're saying. Time flies and all of a sudden it's like, what's going to happen? And that's <laughs> That's exactly what you want when you're standing in front of 100, 200, or a classroom of 30 kids who are um, otherwise difficult to engage, you know? It's like you've got to bring storytelling into whatever your subject matter is. Yeah, so true. And I, I think you can read stats, you can read infographs, you can do whatever you want. But if no one's engaged, if nobody's listening, it doesn't really matter. Whereas if you can tell a story, and it doesn't even really have to apply to um, the whole message, people are listening and then they will listen to your stats. So I love that. Um, I think there's some great tips there for public speaking that um, we probably weren't going to go into as much today. But I'm sure <laughs> any, I'm sure anybody listening, Joel, that um, there's no such thing as being a perfect public speaker. And it's one thing that you can always become better at. So hopefully mm. they got a couple of little tips from you there. Now, man, let's go back 
back to life by design, day one morning, discovering your purpose. Um, do people find that hard or is this process really liberating where it's like all these light bulbs go off in people's heads and they're like, finally, I've found my purpose? Um, it's, it's bloody hard work. It's real hard work. Um, so here's a good visual. You would have seen before that uh, picture of an iceberg from a cross section where you know, uh, 10% of the iceberg is above the water and most of it's under the water. Yeah. So you can use that picture to paint the picture of many, many things. But basically where our our purpose exists is in our unconscious or subconscious. And so we don't know what it is. And in order to find out what it is, we've got to get out of the, you know, the real busy thinking that we've been doing day to day and we always do. And so it's really hard work. It's really hard work. And what happens is people are at the Life by Design event, they come along, they are given the processes and they go through uh, 80% of the process on the day. And then they've got uh, homework over the next seven days. It's called the saturation process. And then normally between seven and 15 days after we've done it, they will have their, uh, their moment where they swear, generally speaking, and say, that's me. And that's, it's, you know, it's life changing. It really is. I've, you know, recently been working with a guy. He's in every way, shape and form, uh, would look like successful from a impact point of view, from a monetary point of view, from a every point of view. And, um, having worked with him now, most of this year, I was like, man, I think it's time for us to look at your purpose. And so we did it. And, um, he did the process and he's waiting, he's in the saturation process and it's like not really happening and then it happened and now he's just like, man, I, I, I can't, like, it's just like everything distills, like everything makes sense. Like you got that question, like do I continue on with my job or not? The answer's there. You know, what, what am I doing with my family on the next holiday? The answer's there because everything now has a filter against your own best version of living, which is your purpose. So um, yeah, it's hard work, Dale. It's really hard work. Yeah, and I know a lot of people, Joel, will be like sitting there going, that all sounds great, but how do we actually go about it? Now, I don't, I don't want you to give away your secrets, mate, because obviously what you've done has taken years and you're doing this amazing stuff, but is there any, like I'll use an example of my own, that I get people to write down just things they love doing and then think about how this could impact someone else's life and, and so forth, and that's just a simple way to find a purpose. I don't know, you've probably got a, a, a ton of ways is, for people listening now and they're like, wow, I'd love to find that light bulb moment where I swear and I'm like, wow, I've got it. Is there maybe a little activity that people could stop their cars or stop what they're doing and just try now and just try and hone in on that purpose that they're trying to find in their life, job? Yeah, I think when it comes to purpose discovery, like the first thing, Dale, is that for a lot of people, there's a, a bit of a, um, a misunderstanding because it's like, well, what do you mean by my purpose? You know, like, what, what what, even is that? Are you talking about, like, I've actually got a job to do in life and that's unique and specific to me? And my answer is yes, like, absolutely. Now, generally speaking, people fit into two boats. They're like, Joel, I decide what my purpose is going to be and I just go with it. And so if you're in that camp, just do that. Like, write it down and, and go with it because if that works for you, that's great. But if you've sort of had that itching feeling your whole life, like, you're – you're, you're doing well, but you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, then the chances are you're in the other camp, which is 
you know, roundabout by the age of about 18 to 21, your purpose is very, very clear at an unconscious level. And it's, you know, it's as a result of how we grew up and who we became and some of that sort of stuff, which is all in the process. Um, and that requires a lot of rigor, a lot of process. And it's, like I said, hard work. And I, I think I'd be underdoing it if I gave you like a couple of things that you could work on. However, what I can do, and I can send this to you as well, Dale, and I know this will be valuable for your listeners, is um, understanding what your core values are. Okay. So if someone uh, behaves and decides, that's one of the key words, right, is decision-making, in alignment with their values, they will feel very aligned and whole. And that is one of the biggest um anxiety-causing situations that we have in today's society is people are one way from a values perspective, but they're making decisions in different areas. And how much bloody willpower and discipline does it take to sometimes make decisions? So I can send you through a one-page document that I would otherwise normally give to my clients, um, and it's the process on how someone on their own can distill their core values, which is, mate, it is... It is really awesome work to be doing, and I recommend doing it every 12 months just so that, you know, like through time, things change a little bit. Like when I was um, 21, I still valued family, but not as much as I do now. Yeah, that's, that's, and and I think as you said, your life changed. You've got kids now um, and so forth like that. So, mate, I think that's a great thing, and I'll have a link for that on our show notes. So if you just go to energetic.education forward slash podcast, and you'll see my chat with Joel today, and you'll be able to go and download that. And that's really kind of you, Joel. I really appreciate you sharing that with the audience. Now, do you mind sharing your purpose, Joel, with the audience? Yeah, mate. So the the short version of my purpose is to create possibility. So that's... That's my unique contribution to the world. And and, and the impact of that on others is that by being in that circle where I'm creating possibility, others uh, feel committed to go and fully express themselves. So that's the the impact of it. And your purpose um, by default is first and foremost, what is your unique contribution to the world, which could be. You know, it could be podcasting, it could be articulation, it could be um, collaboration, something of that nature. Um, and then the second piece of one's purpose is always what is the positive impact that that has on the world? And that could be, you know, on your family, that could be on your partner, that could be on your community. Um, so, so, so that's what mine is to create possibility so that others fully commit to self-expression. Wow, and it, mate, that's really powerful that uh, you have found that and you're obviously doing something about it because I know so many people listening um, talk about ideas, they have ideas, um, but just pulling the trigger and actually stepping out, letting that vulnerability come over them, that's something that you're not doing, mate. So what are some of the other core values that you instill in the Life by Design program? Yeah, so we break it up into three kind of chunks. The first chunk is called visions, which is basically it's that it's that phase that I think everyone enters at, at different parts of their day, week, month, or life where they go, you know what, I really want X or I'd really like to work towards X. It's like, you know, you're, you're dreaming almost. And so we've got some really good process and structure around trying to pull and draw that out into something that's like, yeah, that's me. Um, so that's the first part is visions. The second part, and this is probably the difference between those that make it happen in life and those that kind of sit around and wait for it to happen, is the plans, right? So you've got a vision and then you've got your plans. So 
what are the, let's just say, um, as a vision, you wanted to have, I don't know, 80 million downloads a month, whatever it is. I, don't, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be nice, and so, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then so that's like, awesome. Yeah, I'm real excited about that. And then you're sort of like going, okay, cool. Now I'm going to get back to whatever it is I was doing. And you, you never really make any inroads or create any plans around how to go about that. So that second piece that I'm talking about at Life by Design is like, what are the actual steps, like the five steps or the 10 steps or the tangible steps that I can focus on one at a time. And by doing this one, it sets me up for the next one. And if I've done those two, then I'm well set up for the next one. And then, you know, it's just a matter of time and commitment. And then all of a sudden, one day, because time's ticking anyway, we start to see the light at the end of the tunnel. But we're patient with that, you know. Um, so that's the second piece is plans. And then the last piece of the puzzle is habits. So how do I um, start to automate my behaviors in a way that sets me up for uh, the best possible outcome? Like me and you, like 95% of our behaviors, like – the way I'm using my hands right now, the way you've been using your body today, it's all automatic, right? You're just yep. doing it. You're like a program that's running. And so we want to we tap into the power of automaticity, the power of habit, and we want to start to get in the driver's seat with tweaking some specific habits that will set you up for massive, massive trajectory change so that you can really start to implement those plans. Wow, mate, I, I love that. And, and just sitting here jotting those down, uh, Joel, what you're saying, it's very simple, but I think sometimes the most simple plans are the ones that work. So what are some of the outcomes people have had? Because I know just by listening to you here, mate, and um, I could imagine your hands going everywhere because you're passionate, you're bringing the energy, but what are some of the outcomes people have had by actually setting that vision, sticking the plans, and then putting the time, commitment, and getting those habits part of their life? From your program, what have you seen, mate? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. The 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 um the results are vast and wide. I mean, like like anything, Bale, there's there's people that are maybe uh, could be considered personal development addicts, and they come along and they love it, and they have the very best intentions, and then for whatever reason, they get back into their automatic. You know, I'm going to work today, and, yeah, yep, and, and and the weeks pass, and not a lot changes. You know, maybe they've they've got a great idea that they can rattle off in a conversation later on. And um, that's why I spend a lot of my preparation in the in, in the way in which I deliver because there's a lot going on at an unconscious level in, in the delivery. Uh, we talk about generative learning and, and, and making sure that people a week after, two weeks, a month after the event, there's still things are still landing for them. But probably on the the higher side of things, like if you can, um, if if the audience can understand that most of how you and me think is negative, right? Like. Uh, up to 80% of our thinking is negative. I think the most tangible and understandable result that I can share is that people not only are aware of that, that they're negative inherently, and they're always looking about what's wrong or what could be better, and they're coming from that paradigm, and they make this perspective shift in their own life about who they are and how they see themselves. And as a result, they completely, on their terms, change their life and it's, it's not a it's not a bad thing it's not a it's not a it's not a um it's not a it's not something that's like oh i don't want to change so i'm not interested in that 
it's it's on your terms. It's exactly how you want it to be. You want to be a more present and focused father? Great, you can do that. You want to contribute more to what's going on at work and speak up more in those meetings and you know really start to feel valued? You can do that. And it all comes back to how you see the world. So that that's like in an essence what what people take away. Like I'm I'm working with a group at the moment. So as a result of the weekend Dale, we have an implementation group that falls out the back end. So people that are like, that was great. Now how do I execute? So we've got a three month program set up and this is what we're doing. They're so pumped. They're so jacked. They've got so much inspiration and motivation and will and desire to change and implement. And now we're directing that into specific areas of their personal and professional lives. So that I love that because I know when I'll, I do a one-day event or a two-day event, people have a fantastic time, but then you leave and you don't actually know um, what the results are, if they've implemented the changes they've planned or anything like that. So you're doing this two-day intensive and now you're checking in with them. Is it weekly? We do a, um, you know, a, a, Zoom, a Zoom video yep. yeah, conference yep. uh, every Monday night because uh, – uh, the participants are in New Zealand. That just works Monday night, 7.30. And then we have a midweek chicken just on our Facebook group. And then Friday, seal the deal. is like you've got to like show up on Facebook and demonstrate that you've taken action. And then people, you know, whatever it means to them, take the weekend off in terms of homework. And so the idea is that we get them to Christmas in the best mental condition of their lives. So by the time they hit 2019, they are – in harmony with their potential. Wow. Oh, that, is, that is powerful, mate. And I think you are really making a difference there and that you're putting a lot of time into these people, mate. And I, I'm really excited to see uh, the outcomes that they come with. Now, yes. you, you mentioned something before about being present, Joel, and I must admit, I used to be the worst for this, mate, that I was always thinking I'll be happy when, I'll be thinking I need to do this and not actually enjoying the day, like not even enjoying talking to you now because I don't have other things going on in my mind. How do you practice each day or um, whatever you do to be present and to be the best possible self each day? Yeah, man. Far out. That's a great question, Dale. And um, every time I say that, actually, I've got this vision of my brother. He says, said to me, um, you know, every time someone says that, they're trying to buy time. It's a phenomenal question. So just to, just to paraphrase that, were you saying, how how do I specifically yeah, what focus? Are, yeah, what are, what are some of the things that you do or implement? Because I feel it's like um, training your body, eating right. It's not something you just do once. It's something that you need to invest time into and energy every day to be the best possible present self you can be. And um, I was just wondering, do you have daily habits or routines that you do in the morning, at night, to make sure that you are able to be that best possible person of yourself, Joel? Yeah, man, I'm I'm loaded up on – I've got an SOP, mate. <laughs> You know, you know, you know, at work how you have like standard operating procedures. Yeah, like yeah. you read that in your training because that's how we do stuff around here, and you follow that, and it works. And so, this is like a higher level, advanced stuff with my um, personal coaching clients. But like, we create an SOP from the minute they wake up until they go to bed, and um, yeah, some often they won't stick to it, but at least they have now a vision and a plan as to if they were living their best day ever, that's what it looks like. So just, you know, maybe a little bit of insight and some of the needle movers for me, like I'm a massive believer in Tim Ferriss's, uh, I think he, you know, popularized the 80, 20 rule a little bit more and sort of starting to ask yourself, you know, out of all the, 
the results that I get in life when it comes to happiness or business goals, like what are the 20% of behaviors that I can do to get those results? So for example, in the context of a relationship, like having a five minute eye to eye quality conversation with similar body language is going to move the needle far more than spending a whole chunk of money going to the movies or going out on a three hour date and having dinner, but you're not really present. So I'm a big fan of aunt's, answering that question but specific to my behaviors like most mornings probably five out of seven um if not more definitely five out of seven as a bare minimum i'll get up in the morning we own a gym here just around the corner from my house so i'll come and participate in the class at 5 30 um so that's kind of like my first act of the day is to sweat and anyone that's that's um that's an active sweater knows that that releases a chemical into your bloodstream and that is very, very important at the beginning of the day. Sure the, second, yep. the second thing that I do is on my walk home, I do a little bit of just simple gratitude. And um, the, the science is there now around gratitude. If you don't have a gratitude practice or um, with any regularity, use gratitude to help manage anxiety, um, then you, you, you're losing. You're, you're straight up losing. So that's just on the walk home. It's only about a 300-meter walk home. And then the next thing I do, Dale, is I have a, um, a normal shower, and in my shower, which I know this is probably getting a little bit personal, but there's a lot of laminated bits of paper and photographs in my shower, and uh, you get there's things in there like affirmations and my purpose and my visions and goals, and there's also visions of pictures of the specific results that I'm looking for, and then at the end of the shower, I also flick it over to cold Ooh. and. And that, and you know, in Wellington, that's a little bit colder than probably <laughs> some of those showers over on the on the west coast there in Australia. But um, and I, I do two minutes of uh, cold water, full cold water, which encourages me to breathe in a particular way and use my body in a particular way, which which kind of sets me up really really well for the for the coming day. And we're approaching, I think, eighteen months, maybe maybe eighteen months of doing that now. I've forgotten now; it's a habit, so I don't even think. And my hand just grabs the thing and it just flicks it so mate credit credit to you i'm uh, very impressed with that i do a lot of the other things you were saying there but uh the cold shower in the morning is one that uh i'm still yet to master i've given it a go a couple of times but credit to you joel i like that and, and thanks for sharing those little personal touches as well because i think the more people that can share um morning routines and evening routines i'm a big believer in starting your day the right way and finishing your day the right way um I think it can help people to find something that works for them. Mate, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And can I just share with you, like, personally, like, like sometimes in, in podcasts like this or, or whatever it may be, like, it's real easy to come across as the person that's, like, got everything dialed and, you know, I just turn the shower on and it's all good. And it's it's so far from the truth. And what I really want to point out is that what you said is that, like, if you just decide on one or two or three things that you're going to do every morning, every night, and you follow through, then what that does over time is it builds something called self-esteem. And as adults, we forgot about that. We forgot about self-esteem. And that is the, the launching pad for confidence. So let's go back to the conversation about um, speaking in public, right? So in order to execute the skill of confidence, we need reference point Shit, actually, I'm the kind of guy that when I say I'm going to do something, I follow through. And most people can't follow through on their word. 
So you don't need to make it a cold shower. You don't need to make it something really difficult. You just need to make it something that you say. And if you follow through through time, we increase self-esteem. That turns into confidence. And one day when it really matters, you're courageous enough to do the stuff that matters. Wow. And, and that is so well said. And, and I talk to people this as well. And people will say, how do you start the day? And I tell them, and I'm very open because it works for me. But one size doesn't fit all, you know. And it's like a car. They, they all fit different things. It's like our body. We don't all eat the same food. And it's like routines. You need to find what works for you. So I think what you just said may resonate with people, John, because self-esteem is crucial. And confidence, everybody wants more of that. The more self-esteem and confidence you have, the, the happier life you're going to live. So Take that on board. Start practicing something in the morning and night for listeners out there um, and find what works for you. It may take you time, but the more you practice, the better you'll get. And Joel's words there were awesome. So Joel, obviously helping so many people, what have you learned from this process and what have you learned about yourself from uh, helping others? I have learned, Dale, that, man, a lot of people are struggling. That's what I've learned. I've worked with like, tens and tens and tens of thousands of people and some of that isn't on a super intimate level like I you know like next week I'm doing a a keynote in front of 150 people so you know you don't get to really meet them and work with them per se but you know when I do the work that I do what I realize and I'm reminded of is like man people are doing their best and they're struggling you know like they really are and we, 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 you know, with Instagram and Facebook and, you know, fashion and online clothing, it's really easy to, you know, paint a picture of like everyone's doing so bloody well, you know, yeah. and so you, you feel compelled like you need to fit in and come across like that as well. But what I've learned, mate, in my work is that more people are struggling than people are living their life by design, for sure. Yeah, and that's, I think that's a really good point. And um, don't get me wrong, I'm not bagging social media, Jolly, or anything because I love it and I think it's got so many positive things. But name the last time somebody posted a photo of that time, the majority of the day when they weren't feeling good or they weren't looking good. You know, they've used 15 different filters and they've taken 30 photos and everybody, <laughs> everybody thinks they're tanned, they're living on a beach, whereas they're probably in Melbourne at the moment, their skin's see-through white because they haven't seen sun, and they're not happy. But that's not yeah. the perception they're paying on social media. Yeah, and, and this, is, this is what Life by Design is about. It's about you becoming the you know, captain of your ship or whatever you term a phrase you want to put on there. And like, because the reason why we do all that stuff you just mentioned is because at an unconscious level, everyone else is doing it, right? So yeah. it seems like the normal, cool thing to do to fit in. It's like, make something look great because why would you not want to make look something look great? Like, you know, we like stuff that looks great. Like, that's why people like rings and nice shoes because it looks great, right? So make your photo look great. But it's all it's all this automatic stuff. We're like, we're totally in the matrix. I, I, I don't mean that too woo-woo, <laughs> but like we're so in the matrix doing what everyone else is doing. And it's like, we've got to get out of that shit and we've got to really start to go, who am I? Which is why purpose is so important. What am I about? How does that show up? What are the means in which I achieve that? And you know, if you really think about it, we don't have a lot of time. So do you want to spend half an hour on social media every day? That's what, three and a half hours a week? That's like, you know, there's a lot of hours there. Like one could learn a pretty awesome, one could learn how to podcast in the same <laughs> amount of time that they scroll. And I'm talking like literally scrolling, like not adding one ounce of value or even entertainment to their life. They're just scrolling. 
Oh, mate, that is... And when you add up the hours or the, the half-hour blocks or whatever, and everybody does this, um, it, it's it's scary. And I don't think people... People definitely don't do it because they don't physically want to know the time they're wasting doing that. Now, Joel, is there a question you wish people would ask you more? Is there a question that I wish people would ask me more? Well, the main question is how. It's always how, right? And that's that's where, you know, like, for me and my family, like, that's how I create security for us is is through my businesses is being able to answer the question how. So so how do I live my life by design or how do I discover my purpose or how do I get in the driver's seat or how do I cultivate a positive psychology or, you know, how do you get fitter, leaner and stronger? You know, like that's that's what we're delivering on. And and I think we answer that question really well. And um, But, you know, generally speaking, like, um, generally speaking, like I, I, I can't, answer all the questions that I get asked so that's why I'm having to diversify and look at your zooms and your online platforms and things like that so that I can reach more people and answer more questions you know like people start uh, Facebook messaging me and it's like you know you really want to give them a good answer and then there's 15 minutes so you do that and then 10 more of you and it's like man I need to figure out a way to kind of scale my response <laughs> yeah well not only that but yeah, there's only so many hours in the day and you can't help everybody and, and what ends up happening when you're trying to help everybody you're not helping yourself so i think that's great advice man it sounds like you figured it out pretty well now joel I've got a couple of questions I always ask my guests to wrap up um looking back as an 18 year old mate and what you've learned now along the years um all the amazing things you're doing, is there one bit of advice you wish you could tell yourself as an 18-year-old? Um, I think relationships, like, I think I did it well, but, you know, just, I think just never underestimate the importance, uh, the, the, the grounding that relationships give you, especially like you're in a circle, like the people closest to you, your family, your closest friends, your mentors, and if you don't have those things in your life, then move mountains to get them. You don't need to be, you know, blood related to call someone family, um, in my view of the world anyway. But, you know, as an 18 year old, like you're about to walk into one of the biggest moments of your life um, within the next few years, which is um, I'm on my own. Right. And that happens for all of us somewhere between, you know, 16 and 23. And it really hits you like a ton of bricks. And when that moment happens, a lot of people go down the path of um, finding security and significance through drugs or alcohol or sex or some of those other things that are easy to get quick, right? Um, and my my advice to myself would be to keep that strength of relationships close by because at the end of the day, man, we all sit on the toilet and we're all just trying our best. And, <laughs> and, and it doesn't matter if you're the most famous person in the world or you know, you're um, busting busting your gut to help a charity. Like, we're all the same, man. We're all the same. We're not much different from a chip. So, you know, keep 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 your people close because when it really matters, those are the people that have got your back. And we all go through that hard stuff, right? So that, that's the advice I, I give myself, my kids, anyone out there that's that's young. I mean, I, I work with teenagers. Like, it's, it's been a big part of my life. And they're struggling. And it's it's good. Yeah, they, I I think, uh, mate, I think it all comes down to relationships in life and um, the amount of time you invest in a relationship with yourself, your friends, your job, your family, everything like that is crucial. Now, mate, 
Joel, this has been next level. So for people listeners out there, let's get a little recap. The core values that Joel's going to send me through, go to the show notes at energetic.education forward slash podcast, and you'll be able to complete those. Now, they are for free. So Joel's been awesome with that. Now, also coming out, I'm pumped for this public speaking course, mate. So where and when can we find out about that, about life by design, and just some of the other stuff you're doing, mate, because you've been so, so amazing with your time today. Your answers have been next level. I can guarantee you've inspired people from everything you've said, John. Awesome, man. Thank, I appreciate the feedback, Dale, and uh, really happy to help. And, you know, like if anyone's got any feedback for me after completing their values process, like I've spent many years like refining that down to something that's really usable, um, I'd love to hear from folks. So um, the best way to get in touch with me, like, I, I, you know, you know, there's the, the, the website address, but most people aren't really interested in the website since so joelbouzet.com. Um, but, you know, both the Facebook and Instagram of both Joel Bouzet there um, is the best way to, to keep up to date with whatever's coming next for me. Like, that's where I drop, um, you know, like daily inspiration or perspective to help people kind of like stay focused. But at the same time, if that, something's coming up, like the Next Life by Design course, which the date should be coming out in the next couple of weeks for 2019. But anything and everything like that online speaking course, that will happen via social media. So Joel Buzade, Facebook, and of course, Instagram. Legend, mate. And I'll, I'll have links again for those on the show notes because uh, your last name, Joel, spelled a little bit different, mate. So people, uh, if that uh, if that seems yeah. a little bit different, mate, I'll have them on there. But uh, Joel, thanks again, mate. Absolute pleasure to connect and uh, share the amazing work you're doing with my audience. I really appreciate your time, buddy. Mate, thanks for having me, and uh, I hope there's just one person out there that's taken maybe a wee nugget away from it. Um, that would be totally worth it for me. Thanks again, Dale. On your job. Thanks, buddy.